We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game halfway home on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Keys Studios with you till 11 o'clock Friday night. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At uh, JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. We will get to a rankum coming up at... 1040 this evening as we wrap up the week. Well, we got uh, an exciting Sunday of football. I I think really and truly that, you know, at the end of the day, that this is the four best teams um, by conference in in the NFL. So, um, obviously, we will have all of the action right here on 92.9 The Game. Uh, Sunday's pregame is at 2 o'clock, and um, then the AFC Championship game will be on Afterwards, so San Francisco and Philadelphia get things kicked off and started. It's supposed to be uh, pretty decent weather up in Philadelphia. It's supposed to be like 54 and uh, just kind of like partly cloudy, but no, no real weather issues. It's not going to be real cold. It's not going to be any kind of inclement weather, snow or rain or any sort of thing like that. Look, these are two teams that have great line of scrimmage play. And, you know, when you advance this far, you know, as we've said a thousand times on this show, you have to have great line of scrimmage play. And that's what these two teams have. No matter what the quarterbacks are, you know, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, um, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, a second-round pick, I think it was picked in the 40s or whatever like that, you have to have great line of scrimmage play. I don't really think that this game is going to – I don't think this game is going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be a real grind them out type of game. Both of these teams want to run the football. Um, certainly, you know, McCaffrey has made a big difference in, you know, the ability for the 49ers to run the football. But I don't really think that – I don't think that these two teams take all that many chances. I, I don't think. You know, look, dropping back and trying to hook it downfield, you know, that invites your pass rush. And these two teams get after the quarterback. I think the Eagles are, I think they have the third most sacks in the history of the NFL in one season. I think there's only two teams that have more sacks than they had this particular season. I mean, that's an out, that's an astounding feat that, you know, if you can, if you can pull up that kind of number 70, 
you know, when the Falcons have put up, you know, what, 68, I think it's in, th- I think 68 in three years. But I-, I really expect this thing to be a grinded out kind of game that these two teams, they're going to kind of, you know, they're going to try to just, you know, grind it out, not take too many chances. I do think the Philadelphia Eagles win at home. I think, I think both teams, I think that there is a definite home field advantage for both of these teams. You know, we've always heard that Kansas City is one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL for opposing teams and things like that. I think that these two teams definitely have a home field advantage. And at this time of the year, you know, you're not so much worried about the, you know, the West Coast, the East Coast type of trip, right? You know, that's always been a thing in the NFL when teams come West, you know, to or uh, I should say East, West Coast teams come East to play at like 1 o'clock on a Sunday or whatever like that, I, that's not going to be an issue for the 49ers. Now, who's got the coaching advantage? I, I think that I think that Kyle Shanahan right now has the coaching advantage. You know, Nick Sirianni's certainly done some good things for the Eagles, but, you know, it's brand-new territory for him. This is uncharted waters for Nick Sirianni. And... He's got the best team, though, in the NFL. I, I think that I think that the Eagles are the best team in the league. They've been that way, I really think, since you know, kind of week one. I mean, they've they've run the whole table where they've been the best team in the NFL for everything. So I like Philadelphia at home. I don't think it's going to be a real high scoring game. I think these two teams will try to grind it out and they won't take a whole lot of chances. Uh, but I like the Philadelphia Eagles in the first game. Second game, you know, that game could get wild, though. You know, because that's one of those games where even if a team is down 10 or 14 points, it doesn't feel like either one of those offenses is out of it. I, I don't, I don't, you know, even even if the Bengals are up 14 nothing, I don't think Kansas City's offense is ever out of it, and vice versa. And it's two outstanding quarterbacks, this may be Joe Burrow's time. You know, th- this may be this may be the time that Joe Burrow wins this thing and then goes and gets himself a Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, they've got one of the more underrated head coaches in the NFL. You know, and he's been in back-to-back AFC title games in a rugged and rough AFC. When you think about Kansas City and Buffalo and Baltimore and, you know, Obviously, Miami, New England, I mean, it's just a rough and tumble AFC conference uh, out there. But I do think that there is an advantage. I, You know, I do think that there is an advantage playing at home in a game like this. That's why, you know, we talked about this last night. This whole idea of having neutral site games. And, and look, this year's situation would have been unique because of all the things that, that happened. But just the general idea of neutral site championship games doesn't excite me. I think that there has to be a home crowd element to it. When you work this hard and and you've had this much success and, and you get to this point, there should be a reward for you being at home. Versus, you know, if Kansas City has to fly to Atlanta or wherever, there, sh- there should be some type of reward for being the best at what you do and having home field advantage for it. 
instead of, you know, putting him in neutral sites. He, even, you know, when when they had the Super Bowl a few years ago, right, in what 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 is that? Uh, is it MetLife Stadium? The, the stadium in New York, right? You know, and yes, MetLife. They were all concerned about weather and things like that and, you know, elements and stuff like that. I can understand a Super Bowl, you know, even though I like to see a game in the elements and things like that. I can understand a Super Bowl when when it's a more kind of neutral neutral site kind of game just in general because you're mixing the conferences together. But if you're Kansas City or Philadelphia or Buffalo, you know, you should enjoy a home field advantage if you've earned that. And I think that's the thing. That's that's a, a part of the reason. Even though Burroughs beat them three times now, you know, and, and these are two high-powered offenses, I still think that this is a game that, you know, comes down to can either of these teams get after the quarterback Kansas City Chiefs are second in the NFL, by the way, in sacks. And Hendrickson's a guy who's a disruptor on the Bengals' defensive line. I do think that the injuries to their offensive line for Cincinnati still come into play. Um, You know, the Buffalo game, that game was over quickly. You know, that was the thing. That was the thing about the Buffalo game. That wasn't a long, grind-em-out kind of game for the Bengals last week against Buffalo. That game was over in a heartbeat. They got up by a couple of touchdowns early in that game, and that game was just put away on ice. And Buffalo really didn't have an answer for Cincinnati. You know, that that game was over pretty quickly. You know, and so the injury factor for the Bengals' offensive line didn't come as much into play. I think that comes more into play here in this game. And if you can, you know, you can get these teams into some longer down and distances – through sacking the quarterback, I think that really that, you know, that that's the one that's the one strength of these defensive lines that they have is that, you know, you have to create longer down and distance on these guys. And that's maybe where the advantage lies out there. I like the home teams. I mean, you know, I I'm 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 rolling with with Philadelphia. I'm rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs and I still think the Eagles are the best team in in NFL. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that the I don't know that the Eagles, you know, are going to lose again the rest of this year. Come San Francisco, come the Super Bowl. I just I think that they're think that they're the best team and they've proved it all year long and they've played really well. My and, girlfriend will be happy to hear you say that. She is a huge huge Eagles fan. Well, I mean, I I just I think that they're the I think that you know, they're the best team in the NFL this year. I, I just think that – I don't want to say it's a team of destiny and things like that, but, you know, I felt like the Rams were arguably the best team in the NFL last year, you know, and they were, they were fundam- you know, for lack of a better term, fundamentally sound and things like that. You know, the Eagles are certainly a fundamentally sound team. They, they certainly are one of those teams that, you know, I, I just – and when you can sack the quarterback and when you can disrupt – another team's offense the way that they can. And really, all four of these teams can disrupt it. That's that's the thing about the four teams that are in this Final Four is that they can be completely disruptive for what they want to do. So I'll roll with the uh, with the Eagles and Kansas City. and uh, But, you know, I can, I can definitely see Burrow. Uh, and I heard Andy and Randy earlier today, they were talking about if 
they thought that if Joe Burrow wins this game, then it's his time to to win the Super Bowl. Eh, I don't know about that. I, I don't know if, if they line up against the Eagles and they've got to line up against that defensive front and they're still a little bit banged up and beat up on their offensive line. I understand how magical he is. And, you know, look, we talked about this before, you know, uh, what, about a year or so ago when the Bengals were, you know, going to the Super Bowl last year that, you know, the Bengals had to go 30 years or 32 years or whatever in between quarterbacks who could get them to a Super Bowl. And, and they had the number one pick in the draft. They had the number two, I think the number two pick, Akili Smith, I think was second or third. I think he was the second pick of the draft. I think it was Couch and, Couch and Akili Smith who was one, two in that year's draft. But either way, two, three, whatever like that. They, they had another top 10 pick they used on quarterback with David Klingler. You know, they had to go 30-something years between quarterbacks who could get them to a Super Bowl. But when you when you have the line of scrimmage play, you know, that that all four of these teams have, you know, you can have three quarterbacks in 11 years that are in conference championship games. You can have a second-round pick. You can even have the number 10 pick, you know, in the draft that some people thought was a gimmick college quarterback, right? Certainly was just a guy that, you know, hucked it all around and could he run an NFL-style offense? And now he's arguably the most, you know, he's he's the, maybe the most important player in the NFL right now, Pat Mahomes. All right, when we get back, it'll be That's Life. I got uh, Dylan a picture that we're going to get to where he's got to pick two characters from, plus our top ten as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. 921, live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. We'll uh, replay our interview in about 20 minutes from right now from 
Tori McElhaney covers the Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. Um, all right, Dylon, I sent you this picture that yes. they say pick two right. to protect you while the other seven try to kill you. Oof. Okay? Yeah. So here's the nine people that are the nine comic book heroes. Uh, Supperman, <laughs> Thor, Deadpool, Hulk, Goku, uh, Darth Vader, Wolverine, Batman, and Ant-Man. Yep. So what two are you protecting or are you get, uh, taking to protect you while the other seven try to kill you? Okay. After long consideration, long in. And- you probably put an hour into this. I did. Yeah. This is tough. Mm-hmm. This is very tough. Okay. After long consideration, the two that I would want to protect me are Goku and Superman. Okay. Now, I don't I am not familiar with this Roku uh, character. Oh my gosh. I'm not familiar he, with that with that character. What he, comic is that from? Dragon Ball Z. It's more so as a Excuse me? <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Is that a porn? <laughs> No, it, it's it, – I, I didn't honestly up until this point know it was a comic book. But it's okay. is mostly known as a TV show, and it has thousands – well, not thousands, but it has a lot of different type of spinoffs. But uh, Dragon Ball Z Goku is, like, the most powerful being in that universe. Okay. Like, he can – he can destroy. I mean, he's a good guy, but if you wanted to, he could destroy worlds. He can, could destroy and, planets, and he can and he can stream shows because it's Roku, so he can. You he, are a like, mess, huh? You are a mess. Oh. I took I took <laughs> Superman and I took Thor. Okay, that's a good. That's because a good they, chick, they pick can, too. You know, like Bat Brain and and Darth Vader and all that. <laughs> like Thor could short circuit all of their oh, technology yeah. and everything like that. Exactly, so, and, um, and then Superman. You know, obviously, like he's. He's basically a god. So yes, I, I exactly. went with two like basically like godlike right, figures. Right. All right. How about this? A uh, a 1973 Topps baseball card, okay, of Roberto Clemente. Oh wow! It's his last. Um, it's his last Topps issued baseball card because he died in '73. So it's the final card ever issued by him in in the in the Topps card market. Okay. Okay. In. In uh, 2018, April 19th of 2018, it's a PSA 10. So it's considered a gem mint card, right? Right. Okay? Gem mint 10 card. It sold for $9,600 on April 19th of 2018, okay? Okay. Last night, which is less than five years later, right? The card returned to auction. How much do you think it sold for? Sold sold for a little over nine thousand dollars. Tw- yep, ninety six hundred in 2018. How much did it sell for last night? Twenty thousand. One hundred and five thousand dollars. What? That the is same crazy. Exact card sold less than five years later for one hundred and five thousand dollars. The total appreciation. 
that in is, less than five years that is for the same card. Ridiculous. Could you, in the stock market, if you invested $9,600 in the market or a 401k, could you come out of it with $105,000 in less than five years? Heck no. I don't think you could. Heck no. I, I, don't, I don't really think that you could. So that's, that's unbelievable. All right. And an 1880 $1,000 bill. They used to make those? Yes. They still make, well, I think they still make a $1,000 bill with Grover Cleveland. Really? Um, on the, uh, the former president. Uh, like that you can use? Yes. That's huh. legal tender. It's legal tender, okay? Okay. So this is, this is from the uh, uh, legal tender from 1880. Uh, the picture of it is um, the, I think, the former governor of New York, Clinton, um, and not Hillary, uh, but um, but <laughs> former governor Clinton. Yeah. Um, it's a one thousand dollar bill, legal tender, um, eighteen eighty. Okay. So really old. How much do you think that it sold for last week, or actually less than two weeks ago? I'm going to say it sold for $50,000. Goodness. It broke the record for the highest price bought at auction for this particular legal note tender. And it's, it's, they, the, the system that they track this stuff is the Friedberg system. Uh-huh. who was a guy who invented a tracking system for currency. Okay. Not for coins, but for currency. Right. And it's a very desirable piece of currency, $360,000. That's another one of those things where with it's a, like... the face value of 1000 by exactly. the way. Exactly. It's literally the $1,000 bill. And this is one of those things where, you, again, you have to have, like, stupid money. And it's not like you're going to spend that $1,000 right. for just 1000 Right. So you're just going to look at it and have it framed until you weren't ready to flip it again? So if it's the highest price ever for a, a, a piece of currency like this, I wonder how long you have to hang on to it right. before you make a profit. Right, exactly. Can you wait five years and then flip it like you did well, with, the, with the baseball card right, or what? Right, because... You, you'd have to make a significant amount of money above that 360 right. because by the time you pay the auction houses and everything else and the fees and listings and probably gonna, a half a mil. Yeah, I mean you you're going to you're going to have a bunch of money tied up into it. Yeah. But $360,000 for this piece of uh, currency. So anyway, that's uh, that's crazy stuff. So all right. So since I had you pick two to protect you from the other seven, okay? Asking you your top 10 comic book characters, and you can combine Marvel, DC, whatever. You can combine everybody into one multiverse or whatever that thing is. Oh, yeah. If you're going to fight an Infinity War. So top 10 comic book characters that you would want to fight in an Infinity War. The floor is yours, Dallin. Oh, man. I, I got a great I got a great squad here, Chuck. So I kind of broke this down Let's up see, into. by the way, how many we have similar because I, I don't know that many comic book characters. I feel I like we'll have. I, I went pretty. I went pretty name brand. I feel like okay. you know most of these. Okay. So I broke it up into kind of categories. So I got my brains. I got my brawn. 
I got my aces in the hole that can get me out of anything, and then I got my gods. So you got brains, brawn, ace holes, and <laughs> what? And I got my gods. Okay. All right. So with the brains, I'm going Iron Man and Batman. They'll they'll cook up my technology, and they can still fight pretty good. All right. And so you know they'll 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 come up with the plan. Okay. I had Iron Man as well. Okay. So I've got him on my list. All right. With my brawn, I got Hulk. Because you know yep. he can just go in there and smash people. Yep, I got Hulk. Huh? I got, right. <laughs> I got Captain America too I because do. he'll yep. he'll be a leader and he can still fight and smash people. Yep. All right, and so for my aces in the hole, I got so actually. So this is your ace holes. Yeah, these are my ace holes. Okay. So for my ace holes, I got Ant Man and I got Doctor Strange. I got okay. have these two because Ant Man, if we get into any sort of fickle or pickle, if we get in, in between a rock and a hard place. He can just send us to the quantum realm or send whoever he needs to to the quantum realm, and we'll deal with it later, and we'll reconvene and right, so come up with a plan B. He can send Hut to get some records and albums and yeah. stuff like that. He, right, can, he, right. can, he can send them to Quasimodo and okay. whatnot. Okay, yes. All right, all right. <laughs> then I got Dr. Strangelove in here because he can just either, you know, teleport us to wherever we need to go, or, you know, he can get us away. So, you know, they're, they're basically my, my get-out-of-jail-free cards. Okay. They can teleport me or the bad people or whoever anywhere we need to go or they need to okay. go. Okay. So, for my godlike people, I got Tahor. I got, yeah, I, I got Tahor. Yep, I got him on my list. I got uh, Supperman. I got Superman. Okay, yep, yep, I got Supperman. Yep. I got Wolverine because he's basically, yep. like, indestructible. Yep, I got him on my list. I also have... Jean Grey. I have her on my yes, list. As Jean well. Gray, yes. Because Jean Grey, she's like she's one of the most powerful yeah, people exactly. in yeah. like in, in the she Marvel universe. To, she just has to control it all. Right? Exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah, now the honorable me- that was my ten, and I got an honorable mention too. I wanted to throw Magneto in there because he's really powerful too, but I didn't know who I would trade him out for. So I, I left him out and I just He's right. an honorable mention. So I had I had Hulka, I had Captain America, Jean Grey, Iron Man, Wolverine, Tahor, Supperman. I've got all of those ones, so that's two, four, five, six, seven of them uh, the same. Mm-hmm. So the only three that I have different from you, uh-huh. um, I've got Shazam because he's Superman light. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Um, I've got Blade because he's a Ooh, vampire. Okay. So he's, he's not Good indestructible, pick. but... You're gonna you, you, even he's a daywalker, right. so he can go at night. He can go during the day, but you'd really have to, you know, you'd really have to put him down. And then the final one I had is Green Lantern. Okay, that's a good uh, one too because you know he can transform anything into anything. And you know what? Another good one would have been too that I'm just now thinking about Miss Marvel. She actually would have been pretty good too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean Marvel. her, her, uh, yeah, her, yeah. I mean her, her, uh, yeah, Captain Marvel, what, not Miss Marvel. What's the, what's the difference between Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel? Miss Marvel married or not? Miss <laughs> Marvel is much younger than Captain Marvel. Is at least. there a Mrs. Marvel? Like I mean, that, <laughs> no. That you know she's a you know a, a mom and no no there's no. not one just a so Miss Marvel so, and a so Captain Marvel. So there's not Mrs. Marvel, Miss Marvel, Ms. Marvel. <laughs> no, there's not none of those. Huh? There is a Marvel. Uh, well, that was the character yeah. in. Uh, that was what they said the character was in. In the Captain Marvel yeah. uh, movie, because uh-huh. she was Marvel or whatever, right? Exactly. Like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I I should I should put uh, I should I, I'll trade out I'll trade out uh, what is it Captain Marvel? I'll trade uh, that out for Shazam. There you there you go. That's a good yeah, trade. That's I'll, a trade good I'll trade that out for uh, Shazam. She got her power from like an Infinity Stone, so you know she's really she's really a well no a didn't bad she uh, well didn't she get her power from that well I guess. 
I guess the Infinity Stone was part of the reactor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was part of the reactor thing. So he was, uh, uh, she had like a Infinity Stone mix in there. Yeah, but so there's no, there's no Mrs. No. Marvel like. There's no, there's no not home baking cookies and married and nope. got two kids and nope. smoking a cigarette in the kitchen or something like that. No, no, okay, no. all right, all right. Well, anyway, so. All right, there you go. That's our uh, top ten list. All right, when we get back, we will talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, what she had to say, talking some off-season Falcons with you here. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. A pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing. Is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery show coming to you live on this Friday evening is... Well, we get ready for Falcons offseason. Uh, a lot to cover, uh, obviously, a lot of money to spend in free agency and obviously the number eight draft pick. And it's going to be a busy, you know, interesting offseason, as always, for the Falcons. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney. She covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. You can follow Tori on her personal Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney and check out all of her work at AtlantaFalcons.com. And Tori, as always, appreciate uh, the time and thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Of course, always happy to come on. So I want to talk to you about the quarterback position, but in a different way. You know, if we, let's take the Lamar Jackson, you know, rumor and innuendo out of the discussion of all of this. And, and let's say that they kind of decide to press forward with Desmond Ritter. You know, we assume that Marcus Mariota is going to be released. So, you know, when I look at some of the free agent quarterbacks that are available, you typically want a veteran when you've got a young guy at quarterback. But there are a couple of names that I'm interested in, you know, in a Jacoby Brissett or a, a Taylor Heineke, you know, coming back home. But – more than anything is guys who can maybe push Desmond Ritter a little bit and create some competition. And I wonder what kind of route they're going to go. I, I would even be of the mindset of drafting a quarterback, maybe not day one or day two, but maybe even day three, a hand in hooker, you know, uh, the kid out of Fresno state. Um, I, I wonder what your thoughts are about what to do with the quarterback position it just doesn't feel like, you know, you can just hand over the reins to Desmond Ritter and have no competition for him. I think you want to stir some of that up a little bit. The whole thing about Desmond Ritter, and, and I'll say this, I wrote quite a bit about Desmond Ritter over the last month and a half, and something that I keep saying when it comes to Desmond Ritter's trajectory in Atlanta is that regardless of what you think that is, you have to bring in viable competition for him to face every single day of the offseason and the preseason coming into the 2023 season. I, I agree with you that you just don't want to hand over the reins of the offense based on these four games. I want to see Desmond Ritter go out in training camp or whatever we see him and go earn a starting – that's 2023 starting quarterback position, and I want to see him earn it over – again, viable competition 
at that position. The Falcons have always had to prioritize court, the quarterback position going into this offseason. Go out and find someone who's going to push Desmond Ritter, who could be a starter in and of their own right. We saw what Desmond Ritter could do but with a four-game slate and the progress we saw him make. What, what more progress is there for him when you have someone there pushing him? I don't know if that means go out and draft one or go trade for one or pick someone up in free agency. I don't know what that will look like for the Falcons, but you know that they have to go out and do something. So it's not going to surprise me if they make calls to potentially put a trade together. It's not going to surprise me if they talk about, talk about free agents. It's not going to surprise me when they're at pro days at Alabama and Ohio state or wherever looking at quarterbacks, because you have to build around Desmond Ritter. And that means that Desmond Ritter is building along with what you're building. I mean, you do all of these things simultaneously. Tori, one of the things that Arthur and Terry talked about, um, I think it was after the press conference when, when Matt Ryan was traded, was, you know, we need to be able to sign our own players. We need to be able to have money to sign our own players and, and, and keep guys in-house. And without getting into kind of all the specific players, you know, obviously this roster had a lot of one-year contracts to it. And, you know, McGarry didn't get his fifth-year fifth option picked up, and you're going to extend Lindstrom. But how – I guess how pleased were the Falcons with a lot of the contributions that they got from guys that, you know, realistically they're going to have to look to re-sign. You know, the Rashawn Evans and – you know, guys like that, like there, there's a whole mess of those guys that, you know, that were starters and contributed a lot, you know, kind of quantify maybe, you know, in some way, you know, how much of those, how many of those guys are just, you know, how, how, uh, what do I want to say, uh, how pleased they were with the progress that some of those guys made in bringing them back. Yeah, I, I think that there is an argument to be made for a lot of these guys. That You talk about Rashawn Evans. I think there's an argument to be made about a guy like Elijah Wilkinson, especially if he can remain healthy. I think there's something to be said about even Bradley Pinion, who's the punter. I mean, all of these guys are on one-year deals. Isaiah Oliver, the growth that we've seen him make since carrying his ACL last year. I mean, they, these are all players that you could make an argument to bring back. And, and they're also players that I don't think would be too terribly expensive to bring back. If the Falcons are still looking at towards the overall health of the cap and not wanting to put themselves in a hole. I mean, if you're going to go out and spend a lot of money in free agency and, and you have your draft class and all that kind of stuff, and you still need positions filled, these guys are, have been have shown that they are able to do that. So it wouldn't surprise me if we do see a contingency, maybe two, three, maybe even four of these guys who are on short-term deals come back, especially the guys that would potentially play a role in depth. I mean, that, that goes without saying. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here in the WadeFord.com hotline. So, you know, we obviously know I think they have the second most money in the league to spend. How splashy do you think that they're going to be? You know, obviously, look, a lot of guys, you got to fill depth and things like that. But do you think that they make a big, splashy signing in free agency, whether it's a Deron Payne, whether it's a Javon Hargrave? I mean, somebody of that ilk that is going to eat up a lot of money and a lot of cap space. 
Do you think they're going to go down a road like that, that they will make that splashy signing? I do think that there will be a splash player, if not players, that you're talking. I think that for the first time in the last two years, the Falcons are going to have the opportunity to make a splash signing and to be in the conversation on that very, very first day of free agency. First, for the last two years, the Falcons haven't been in that conversation. They haven't been able to be in that conversation. They have, they've been having to wait to the third wave of free agency in order to do something. That's not going to be the case this offseason. I, I really do think that you're going to see the Falcons make not just moves, but significant moves, moves that will, yes, it's going to eat up some cap money. Of course it is, but you're going to get the players in that deserve to be paid that portion of the cap. And I, I think that's where you hope you make the right decisions. The Falcons are at a crux right now. This is where they really can do and build what they want to do and build. And so that, that it's just such an important off season for where they are. And so I do believe that you're going to see those splash signings. So, you know, Jake Matthews signed his extension and, and his cap numbers going to go up. We obviously anticipate that Chris Lindstrom's going to sign. I think he's going to sign a big deal. I think he's going to be one of the higher paid guard interior offensive linemen in, in the NFL and, and well-deserved. Do you sense that there's anybody else that internally they want to lock up to a deal and, and, and get them under a longer term contract, you know, Besides, you know, Lindstrom, you know, that's the obvious one. But, you know, do you see anybody else that, you know, is is a candidate for being locked up long term and, and going to see a big increase? Yeah, A.J. Terrell. I think that, yes, he's still on his rookie contract. And I know everybody's like, oh, he's a rookie. Blah, blah, blah. You don't want to mess with that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing. A.J. Terrell is a guy who's not going to get any cheaper. So you need to figure out a way to keep A.J. Terrell in Atlanta because AJ Terrell is, I still believe one of the, if not the best young corners in the league period. And I, I think that what he does when he's on the field is important to anything they want to do defensively. So AJ Terrell, I feel like has to be at the top of that list. You have, of course, Chris Lindstrom, but I, I have to think that, you have to be talking about keeping A.J. Terrell here longer than his rookie contract. Yeah, and, you know, Tori, to your point, um, you know, you can, you can sign those guys after their third year, but the way the, you know, the, the fifth-year option, you know, starts to creep itself up is, you know, it's probably more viable financially to lock a guy like that up versus playing him on his fifth year. I mean, you know, like, for instance, I – I saw a story that said the, you know, the Falcons could use the franchise tag on a Caleb McGarry, and that number's like $18 million. And it's like, mm. you know, I, I like McGarry, but I don't like him for $18 million. So, right. um, you know. When Especially when you're already hypothetically paying Chris Lindstrom a right. large portion of your cap, and you already have a lot of money going to Jake Matthews as well. How much money are you willing to? to pump into one position group. So, you know, you and I have talked about Caleb McGarry, and, and we both think that he is deserving of a new deal. But I, I yeah. do wonder, you know, if this is a shorter-term deal, if it looks to be a longer-term deal, because, 
you know, he did he did a I mean, he had his best season as a pro and and he did some really good things in the running game, but he still grades yeah. out you know, as a kind of middle of the road or a little bit below pass protector and and that's his biggest thing is is pass protection. Do you think that they look at McGarry as a real long-term solution to their right tackle spot or maybe on still like a two-year type of show-me deal uh, and see if he can continue this growth pattern that he's had? Yeah, I kind of lean more towards the latter. Like, you look at the years that he's had in Atlanta, and this this year has been above and beyond, I think, what – I'll be honest, what I expected from him and also I think what a lot of other people expected from him too. I think that this year was so important for Caleb McGarry to show like, yes, I deserve a good contract, a good extension, whatever that looks like. I am growing and I am getting better and my trajectory is trending upwards. So if that's the case, you have one year that you've done that. So I would, if I'm a decision maker, I'm like, look, we need to see more. For you to get to the point of the upper echelons of tackles in <laughs> in the league, we need to see more of what we saw from you this year. And so I think that does – if it's with the Falcons, so be it. If it's not with the Falcons, I think that that's kind of where Caleb McGarry may find himself this offseason. I'll be interested to see, though. I mean, good tackles, especially a guy who did so well in run blocking this year, and he's had some pretty significant run blocking grades over the last couple of years in fact and so I'll be really interested to see if he does hit the open market what he goes for because I think I don't know I I, I tend I kind of I don't have a good grasp on it right now to be like oh like this is exactly how much Caleb McGarry is going to go for and the Falcons could offer him this and be able to keep him I'm not at that point yet last question Tori with you know senior bowl starting up next week and some of these you know, postseason, you know, evaluation, you know, camps and bowl games and stuff like that. How quickly, I mean, more than more than the name, I mean, that that's going to be, you know, having the title of D.C., but how quickly do you think that they are ready to make an announcement for the next defensive coordinator? Quickly. I think that they probably want to get everything done before you really get into the whole I mean, you think about it, the, co- the Falcons coaching staff is going to be in Vegas at the Shrine Bowl. You have scouts and, and other coaches that are – or one other coach, we know Charles London is going to be at the Senior Bowl. You have guys everywhere. You need to know who that defensive coordinator is so that you can start prepping and planning and getting, to, getting together a group that you feel like you can work with. So I think that it will definitely happen sooner rather than later, very, very sooner rather than later can follow her on our Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney. She'll have all of your Falcons news here in the offseason, draft, senior bowl, everything available to you. And uh, she writes and covers the Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com and join me on the WadeFord.com hotline. Tori, as always, appreciate it. We'll be talking through the offseason, and, uh, you know, it's going to be busy. And uh, uh, this is finally a year where we're going to have probably a little bit of fun to see some money being spent. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is the year that I think we've all been waiting for. John Chuckery will be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.